We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, ever since I started the show, I've uh, I've gotten questions all the time about who to bet on, who do I bet with. Obviously, we're a sports podcast, but I don't always know who's going to win, but I do know where you should bet. And I think you should know this by now. I've listened to the show. The answer is my bookie. Between their live in-game betting, their endless props, their fantasy sports wagers, there's something there for everybody. Uh, the best player perks in the sportsbook business, they've been good to us, and we know they'll be good to you. So we're hooking our listeners up all month. Visit mybookie.ag. Use promo code SHARKS, S-H-A-R-K-S, the new code, guys, to so make a note of that when creating your account and claim your 50% uh, bonus. So if you're laying down $100, that means you got an extra $50 to play with now. Uh, it's a great deal, guys. I know I've talked in past ads about all the different stuff on there. From you know Game of Thrones, esports, obviously NBA playoffs are going on, NHL playoffs. Uh, so check all that stuff out. So just remember, head on over to mybookie, m y b o o k i e dot a g promo code sharks. You play, you win, you get paid. It's that simple. All right, so I got another sponsor to talk to you about this uh, this week, guys. Um, our newest friends from SeatGeek. Uh, let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping for dozens of different online sites trying to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals for your favorite game, concert, show, and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot marks great deals, yellow dot means good deals, and a red dot not so good. So go over to SeatGeek, use promo code ACAA at checkout. Receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. So what are you waiting for? Uh, again, that's promo code ACAA, $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, guys, let's get on to the show. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your irregular dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Ole Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Joining me tonight after a, a rather lengthy hiatus, my co-host, John Stefanchik. We're back, John. I think it's been like almost a month, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I forgot how, how to do this. Maybe you can help me. Uh, European summer vacation. That's basically what we took. Yeah, were were you in Europe? You were traveling, right? I was not in Europe. I was just saying we acted like Europeans, just take a month off and disappear. Yeah. I mean, why not? It makes sense because there's, there's nothing to talk about in the summer anyway. We, but we've pretty much proven that this is what four and a half years now that mm-hmm. this is built around Ole Miss sports. Whether as much as we we've, we've tried to kind of well, even if it even if it wasn't, what we've even talked about like two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> Pretty much nothing. I mean, I was traveling a fair amount for work uh-huh. and play. Uh-huh. 
like you were too to an extent. We finally have a week or so of camp in enough to chit chat and make fun of it. Technically open technically there's a game next weekend in Florida, Miami, like you were mentioning. Yeah, exactly, right? We get um Manny Diaz, former Dan Mullen assistant, um, facing off against his, his old mentor. Dan I, I believe he uh he left Dan Mullen for a better program twice, which is pretty funny, right? He went to Texas under Mac Brown, and then yep. he came back, and then he went to Miami under Mark Rick. So, um, I, I won't say he's stupid. Those those are both the the right moves for sure. So it should be interesting to see uh, Miami and Florida. I guess I don't know. I have no idea what Miami is going to be like. I tend to think Florida under Mullen is like a decent a decent program but then again you know with everything that's come out about that florida program right now you know who knows who knows what they're going to be like this season seems like he doesn't necessarily have the strongest grip on uh on things down there in gainesville so yeah i mean i guess that's something to look forward to just over a week and a half away we're recording this on a, a tuesday old miss opens at Memphis in uh what about about two and a half weeks that's pretty soon John in years past when we used to be you know get excited about these things I feel like we'd be like foaming at the mouth right now for some, some yeah. this opener did you here's a question. go ahead John well, well part of it's for older part of it's all the well I think the program is just in a, a much worse state yeah there's less to be excited is, about this is we're you know I expect to lose to Memphis I've pretty much convinced myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think a lot of people, especially people that listen to our show or have been on our show, probably are in that same camp. I, I have no idea. I don't know what's going to happen in the Memphis game, the Arkansas game. One of the only advantages this team has right now is that there's not really much film on them. Yeah. You can go back to old Arizona film and, you know, you know what McIntyre's defenses have looked like in the past, but especially on the offensive side, um, I think that. Rodriguez has a chance to kind of, you know, do some unexpected things maybe. So we'll see. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I think that they have some talent. They're lacking experience uh, in a big way. The fact that line can play okay. I think they'll have an offense. It's at least something. Right. More- and that's what I was about to get to is like the offensive line is a pretty big question mark. And you add in the fact that Alex Givens, you know, ostensibly your left tackle or right tackle. I don't know. The, the, the most experienced guy on the offensive line had surgery like a few weeks ago. They say he'll be back for Memphis, but you know, I think we're all not going to be surprised if that's not the case. Um, so that's, that's a big red flag. I think if you're trying to get excited about this team, but I mean, Hey, we, we've talked about Rich Rodriguez and Mike McIntyre, obviously both upgrades over Phil Longo and uh crime dog McGriff. So I, I mean, I, I, that's good news, right? I, I I'm interested to see if without DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, uh, the offense has the ability to be a little bit more, um, balanced and not, it almost seemed like they had to, they had to focus on only throwing or else they felt like they were failing as an offense. And that's kind of, even when you have amazing wide receivers, I think that makes your offense a little bit more predictable. And you saw it in some games where, um, you know, where Brown, what was it like the, um, the Vanderbilt game where Brown had the, he dropped the pass and the end zone, however you want to say that happened to that game or, um, like later in the egg bowl when that play got called back because the third quarter had ended, like it just seemed like when you only have one possible way to succeed, 
when there's so much pressure on that and when it comes up short it just seems like extra defeating so I'd be interested to see what an offense that isn't that predictable might be able to do um you know the wide receiver room is extremely young that's going to be uh interesting I guess you'll get to see what these these young guys they recruited can really do I guess you got Braylon Sanders who's been decent um no idea who's going to play tight end I was talking to Jacob Threadgill earlier this week, and he was telling me uh, we haven't recruited a tight end on scholarship since Gabe Angel, apparently. Um, so that's uh, that's not good. It's not a good thing. Octavius Early Cooley. Not on scholarship. He was that. He was the same class. Cooley and Angel were both 2016, and they haven't signed a tight end since then, apparently. So um, you know that's that's an interesting choice for an offense, and maybe that brings us to what I was telling you before the show, John. They were saying. Apparently in practice, Devon Penniman is playing tight end, which is um interesting. Uh, I, I will say I have this I have this sneaking suspicion that Rodriguez is going to do something weird with that position, especially the fact that Penniman is apparently playing tight end now. So it's like what Cooley, uh, Pellerin, and Penniman. I, I kind of think it's going to be kind of an H back type role. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I think Memphis probably feels really good about their chances going into that game. I mean, I would if I was Memphis. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. The good thing about their schedule is that Memphis and Arkansas, you get two, you know, you're going to start the season like you got two cupcakes, and then you know you go you get smoked. Cow, right? You got two legitimate, I'd say, more or less coin flip games to open the season. Yeah, which I mean, I think. I think that's a good thing for sure. It's better than starting out with absolute nobodies that you should just steamroll. Um, Cause you're actually going to, if you win those two games, you can kind of start building a little confidence off of that. And with a young team, I think barring injuries, which could very well derail this season. Like it could many of Ole Miss's recent seasons, any team that's not, you know, built like an Alabama or Georgia or Clemson, um, a few injuries here and there could pretty much, you know, swing four or five games. Um, but barring that, I think you would expect them to get better as the year goes on. So maybe maybe they can build momentum. Maybe they lose both games and the season falls apart. Um, you know, that's just kind of that's just kind of how it is with this team. It'll be uh it'll be interesting to watch, I guess, at least for the first two to four weeks. And then I think you were getting at this, John. You go and get destroyed against Alabama, but say you win at Memphis, say you beat Arkansas and Oxford, you can you be got a, you got a crap. Uh, a gimme, and then Cal, Bama, Vandy. I mean, it's Vandy a pretty and Oxford. Yeah, on the road at Missouri, you know, Kelly Bryant, as, as Austin Miller reminded me not long ago, um, transferred there, but still it's Missouri. I mean, it's it's you're not going to complain about that draw from the East. And then A&M has to come to Oxford. Um, no idea what Auburn's going to be like on November 2nd. It's a, it's, in a lot of years, I think we'd be really excited to see this schedule for Ole Miss. It's, it's, for an SEC West team, I think this is definitely on the softer side, um, barring the fact that you have to play a very good regional rival at their house in Memphis. But, hey, thank you, Ross Bjork. This is, this is the one last parting gift from Bjork, scheduling an opener at Memphis. You know, got to love it. At 11 a.m. on ABC, got to love it. Yeah, Bjork feels like he was five years ago. I've already just completely forgotten. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it is interesting because if you think back to the last game in the Liberty Bowl where Ole Miss went in there, 
uh, feeling pretty good about themselves, despite the fact that they had they had lost to Florida, but still, you know, they felt pretty good about themselves that season. Memphis came in with a big chip on their shoulder. They were the home team. Um, you know, they got to get really excited and get up and, and play the giant killer, the team that had beaten Alabama, all that stuff. Um, it, it kind of, it's not that the roles are completely reversed now, but it, it's definitely emotionally, I'd say more of an even keel. I, I think Ole Miss is coming in more as the underdog in this. It's almost like Memphis has to kind of defend home turf more than Ole Miss has to avoid being knocked off. So it's, it's, it's a better matchup for Ole Miss, I think, than, than going in just super high on yourself, thinking that you're going to crush Memphis. I think they have to be realistic after five yeah. and seven the last two years, uh, at least through this training camp, and 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 know that if they don't play uh, really well, maybe better than they're capable of, but we'll see, uh, they're going to lose at Memphis. It's going to be interesting. I, I really, I, I know nothing about the team that Norvell has in Memphis this year, but I do respect him, and I think. They'll probably be, you know, uh, like the Memphis teams we've seen lately. You should have a team that's hungry to prove something from a personnel and from a coaching standpoint. So, yeah, yeah you would think, you would think. But the question is, do they have enough? You know, how this and it's going to be interesting too because this is always last year and this year we always knew that was where you were going to really see um, some of the the lingering, lasting effects of losing those scholarships, the NCAA stuff, you know, cause it doesn't just affect the years. You don't have the scholarships. You, you can't build for the future years in the same way. And then you add in, you know, the way it hurt recruiting. Um, and you think back to 2016 and you shine Shea Patterson and all that. But I think we all had our doubts about that class, you know, end to end, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and it's not like since then they've really stocked a ton of, a ton of blue chip talent. So you know, it's easy now to be optimistic about the season. Um, I, you know, I talk again on on September 8th or even on September 1st after that Memphis game, and I think you'll start having a better idea of, of what the season's really going to be like. Those are those are two barometer games for sure, so at least we get those out of the way. Yeah. It'll be good. We'll see. Is there really anything else to watch in camp? I mean, I don't think there's much to watch. Ooh, in camp. Okay. In camp, I, I think we, we talked about Penniman um, in the running back room, apparently playing tight end right now. No idea what's up with that, but I think the running back competition behind uh, Scotty Phillips is, is interesting. Apparently Jerry and Ely, who, you know, everybody said was going to go play MLB. Um, he's running behind, the kid from South Mississippi, I believe, Snoop Connor. I think I think he's from South Mississippi. Um, but that's that's interesting. Um, I don't know if that's bad news when it comes to Ely or if that's just good news when it comes to depth. That there's if they're both doing well, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I think he's from he's from Hattiesburg. Uh, I think that's interesting storyline to watch for sure. I think um, that 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 young linebacker. Lakia Henry is apparently playing well. He's a freshman. Um, I don't know what you're going to learn in camp, but I'm interested to hear more about Jalen Jones coming back from that ACL injury less than a year removed. He's apparently playing pretty well, um, which is good news because the the back end of that defensive uh, alignment is going to be yeah. strained for sure. It's pretty much him and um, what's-his-face, the, the kid that uh, – had to had that lost his Ohio State scholarship. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, those are uh, that's pretty much all I can think of back at the at the on the backside of that defensive backfield. So that's going to be, I think, maybe a problem. 
Um, it'll be interesting. I don't think, again, nothing you can really learn in camp, but I'm interested to see what they look like in McIntyre's defense, you know, playing the 3-4. Again, talking to Jacob yesterday, he, he made a good point. Like, I don't know how often they're really going to be able to stay in that base 3-4, especially playing against spread teams. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, yeah, when you play LSU, it'll be fine, but, uh, you know, it's not going to work against a lot of the teams on the schedule, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, camp storylines. I don't know. It it, it seems like the, all the practices are closed across the country pretty much, but, again, I think at Ole Miss right now, that's one of the few things they might have going for them is like a little, a little air of the unexpected when it comes to what they're going to look like, so... Um, I think it's probably smart for, for Rodriguez and McIntyre and Luke to keep things pretty buttoned up. So, yeah, I think it's just the waiting game right now. It, it is pretty nice that we get this this week zero matchup, the Florida-Miami game. That's a, that's a nice little, like, you know, way to get you excited yeah. for the next weekend. Yeah. And, and I'm honestly, I'm very happy that uh, Ole Miss and Memphis is an 11 a.m. kickoff on ABC because then you get, you get to move on with your life. You don't have to wait around all day. <laughs> You know, opening game day, all of that, then bang, right there. And right, and then and then at two thirty, you go, you know, get in the pool or go uh, do something else, and just do, you don't have to worry about Ole Miss anymore. It'll be it'll be nice. Yeah, it'll be good. I, I think, I, and again, this isn't so much a camp thing, but um, it, throughout the season, uh, I'm gonna keep my eye on Matt Corral for sure. Um, and it's maybe the youngest quarterback room in the country, right? You got redshirt freshman, Matt Corral, and then everybody else in there is a true freshman. Um, just about any position. If, if Ole Miss suffers injuries to starters, it's going to be really bad news, but that one would be especially interesting because I, I mean, I don't even know, like John Reese Plumley, like the, the baseball player kid that's apparently super fast, but like, I, I, Maybe like, I really don't know what would happen. Do you move Peller back from tight end? I have no idea what the plan would be if Corral gets injured. So um, that's that's going to be interesting, and and also just to see how he handles, you know, being the full time starter. He's he's kind of a hot headed kid, but he he's got a strong arm, and you know I I like his personality. Um, I I think I've heard him compared to to Bo Wallace with a better arm. He's going to throw a lot of a lot of interceptions. He's kind of a gambler quarterback um it'll, it'll be fun he, he can run a little bit too uh i'm gonna be watching him for sure It'd be interested to see how rodriguez uses him um honestly I, i'm just really not looking forward still to watching the defense play but maybe i'll be i think i'm just i'm just have like ptsd from uh from the last several years of old miss defense ptsd from 16 onward so it's been three straight years and just yeah it's it almost seems like surreal to think back to like actually watching Ole Miss's defense and, and like enjoying it. You know, like the was it twenty fourteen, the Sinquez Golson yeah. Cody Pruitt defense and and Kim Dietschy and you're like, uh, you know, I I really it's it's I've talked about it before, but it's funny now because I just remember when a team would throw a pass, you would you would like get excited because you knew that you had a good defensive backfield, like Golson was going to pick it off or something. Uh, yeah. This has been the complete opposite of the last three years, where if a team threw it, you just look away because you know there's someone wide open or it's going to be some broken play. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I, I can't really, I can't really imagine myself being happy to watch Ole Miss on defense, but uh, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be uh, surprised come, August 31st, I guess we'll see. I don't know. I, I don't. I think that's about all I have about the Ole Miss team. I don't really know what else I, I'm thinking about. 
Yeah, that's about as much time as Ole Miss deserves until, you know, we'll see if, what they do. Are there any um, first line, first week lines is my question. I'm trying to get over Uh-oh. here. Yeah. I don't know. Um, NCAA football. I feel like we should at least have Florida Miami, right? Yeah, so we got Florida minus seven. Okay, that sounds about right to me. Yeah. Oh, also that same day. So that that game's at six, and then at nine thirty, you got Arizona versus Hawaii. That's fun. Uh, who's the coach of Arizona now, John? Do you know? I have no idea. Uh, that's a damn good question. No, uh, isn't it? Is someone? Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And then Herm Edwards is the coach at Arizona State. So two like yeah. two like has beens. That's fun. Um. All right, so that's week zero. Moving on to August 29th, which I guess would be Thursday, right? Before Ole Miss plays on the 31st. So pretty, I mean, not a great slate of games, but there are several games on that Thursday. So we got UCLA, Cincinnati. Cincinnati minus three. Hmm, interesting. Um, Clemson, Georgia Tech. That's going to be a slaughter, but Clemson minus 35 and a half versus a triple option team. I might take, I might take the points on that one. Yeah. Although Clemson, I mean, Clemson's so damn good on paper. It's silly. Actually also didn't Paul Johnson leave Georgia tech. So are they even a triple option team anymore? Yeah, I forget who the hell they, uh, the coach is now. Let's see. Maybe they hired, I hope they hired like another triple option. Oh, Jeff Collins. Oh, another Mississippi state connection there. So they hired Jeff Collins from Temple. That's interesting. Definitely not a triple option coach, I don't think. Okay, so I don't know. Maybe maybe I do like Clemson there. I don't know. Um, Tulane and FIU. Uh, who cares? But Tulane minus two. A&M minus 34.5 versus Texas State. Again, I might take the points there. Expect um, a hype team like A&M under uh, – uh, what's his face? You know what I'm talking about the FSU coach. I might I might take them to to flop on opening day a little bit. Um, Kent State versus Arizona State. Arizona State favored by 25. BYU versus Utah. That's kind of a fun one. That's a rivalry. I got a I got a line I like. That's a rivalry. All right, what you got? Massachusetts plus 14 and a half against Rutgers. Sure, why not? Why the hell would anybody trust Rutgers to win by three scores? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it is UMass, but sure. Yeah, moving on to was this? This is the next day. So this is the Friday. You got that game, um, Wisconsin USF, um, Colorado State versus Colorado, um, Oklahoma State versus Oregon State. Sure, why not? And then opening day where Ole Miss plays. Let's see. Uh, nothing too exciting here. East Carolina versus NC State. Mississippi State versus UL Lafayette. Who coaches Lafayette now? Because uh, their old coach works for State again, doesn't he? Um, yeah. What's that? What's know. that guy's name? Mark something? I forgot. Their head coach is Billy Napier. Don't know. Uh, he, he used to be like the Florida. He was a receivers coach at one point. Yeah, looks like he was at. Oh, he was the wide receivers coach at Alabama for five years. Yeah. Okay, I know I'd heard the name before. Interesting. You know that um, that Saban coaching tree. That'll definitely work out for them. 
Uh, Ole Miss versus Memphis. I see Memphis now minus six. I believe it was minus seven at one point. Uh, what do you make of that line, John? Um, I think a lot of unknowns on Ole Miss's roster. Mm-hmm. And Memphis generally gets up for Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I, I'd rather be the underdog going into this, frankly, from a psychological standpoint. I think so. As- it, which, it's weird because... As much as you're the underdog, it's still Memphis versus Ole Miss, which is kind of an eternal underdog-type mentality for them. So maybe it kind of balances out, kind of even psychologically. Uh, Over-under is 68. Mm, That's probably right where it should be. Not sure how that one goes. I don't know. I don't know enough about Memphis' offense. Um, But if we're talking about Ole Miss' defense. I know the Ole Miss defense. Yeah, you know the oldest defense. That's, I think the over is pretty safe there. That's fair. All right, sixty-eight. John likes the over. I will we'll revisit this. Um, hmm. Trying to find any other interesting games. South Carolina versus North Carolina. South Carolina is minus seven. Alabama minus thirty-three and a half hosting Duke. Feels low. Think so? You think? Yeah. Um, after last year's national championship game and Tua comes out trying to put up some big numbers, get back on track for the Heisman campaign. Yep. Yeah. It could be right there. Um, does, does Saban have any respect for Cutcliffe? What's that relationship like? Um, I think Alabama has probably been through a pretty hellacious training camp off season. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's probably fair. All right. I, I like John's take there over under 58. Hmm. Probably go over just on Alabama, um, but we'll see. Don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Does a Duke defense have any pride? I have no idea. Um, Virginia Tech versus Boston College. Wow. Uh, Virginia Tech only minus two and a half. That seems like not very much for a, a proud program versus Boston College. Um, ooh, here we go, John. Syracuse opening the season at Liberty. Syracuse minus seventeen and a half. Hugh Freeze comes out guns blazing. Wants to they're wants... Go, so they're going to Liberty. Yeah, I believe that's right. Hmm. Interesting. That is, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like Liberty is the home team. Well, who who scheduled that? What is that? That is bizarre. I guess Jerry Fowell Jr. paid out of pocket for it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, ooh, here's a game, John. Uh, just from a pure like carnage standpoint, uh, Saturday at 6 p.m. Boise State at Florida State. Florida State minus five. That that's gonna be a slog, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, what Cam Akers still at Florida State? Yep. Huh. Wonder how that season's gonna go for him. Hopefully, better than last season. Um. SMU versus Arkansas State. This reminds me, uh, Barrett Salee. I think he works for for CBS Sports now. He did um, he did the best college football team in every state, right? So in in Mississippi, he picked Mississippi State. Yeah, no problem with that. That makes sense from last year. In Tennessee, he picked Memphis, and then in Arkansas, he picked Arkansas State. Which that's just that's just trolling right there. It is funny though. But it's, yeah. that's a little much. That's a, the Arkansas State pick is a little much. I, I can maybe you can entertain Memphis over Tennessee, I guess. But Jesus Christ. Um, 
All right. Shea Patterson hosting uh, Middle Tennessee week one. Should be okay there. You think Shea yeah. covers uh, minus 32 and a half? Is Shea even still the starter there? I have no idea. I haven't followed it. I know he yeah. had some competition. I would assume so. Yeah, I just remember. I know he was. Uh, so you saw he got caught uh, posting from a fake Twitter account defending himself. Do you see that? Yeah, I saw that. That was classic. Um, fake Twitter account. I think that's definitely happened since uh, since we last talked. Maybe not, though. Um, all right. LSU hosting Georgia Southern to start the year, minus 27. Probably a good bet. Georgia at Vanderbilt, minus 21. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what Mason's plan is for this season. I, I think he's... Uh, it's kind of crazy he's still there, but I say they don't really prioritize that. We'll survive. We'll see. Yeah. Um, ooh, Oregon versus Auburn. Oregon at Auburn. That's fun. Auburn minus three. Interesting. Mario Cristobal, the coach at Oregon. There's that saving coaching tree again. Yeah, I think that could be a game Oregon wins, kind of an upset get going. Because Auburn, yeah. What is Auburn's identity? Under this late stage, Gus Malzahn dumpster fire—that's their identity. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, I like it was so funny because was it the last couple of years Auburn like Malzahn's this this offensive genius, and they their only their only strong spots been like the defensive line. It's just strange, strange program. No idea what their like team identity is. Um, that's about it. That's about it. I like Texas minus 21 against Louisiana Tech. That feels low. You like that? Yeah, I did see that one. Sure. Yeah, I like that too. Um, looks like Sunday you got Houston versus, versus Oklahoma. That's that's fun. Um, Houston probably not going to be good this year though, right? They're, they're plus 24 and a half. I don't know. Yeah. How, how good is Oklahoma going to be this year? Uh, everybody's – I mean, it's really – Good. I mean, you see Jalen Hurts play there under Riley. I mean, I'm interested to see it, but I don't have much. I don't think Jalen Hurts is very good. I think a lot of Alabama fans want him to be good to advance this narrative that, like, first of all, they were so deep at quarterback, and second of all, they really like him as a person, and, like, they like how he still supported yeah. Tua. But I, I never thought he was good. I mean, I think we all kind of agreed before Tagovailoa came into the picture that Hurts was, like, by far the weak link, but – being the weak leak at Alabama means you're pretty good still, so who knows? Yeah. Um, and then it looks like Monday, Notre Dame versus Louisville. Okay, sure. Why not? I have no idea what's going on at Notre Dame. I don't really know what's going on at Louisville either. That's your that's your opening week slate here, uh two and a half plus weeks out. Yeah, that's a, a couple a couple games worth worth watching there. I don't know. I was I was having this conversation yesterday. Like, it, it just seems like college football is kind of like lifeless right now. Like, I don't know what the good, what the big narrative in college football is. You got like these blue bloods. You got Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, uh, and, and everybody else just kind of like shuffling along. It seems like I don't know. It's getting harder and harder to get excited. But maybe that's just a, a disaffected old Miss fans perspective. Yeah. We got all this concentration of power, the one percent. Right. Getting stronger. That's right. Ninety nine percent just keep keep suffering at the bottom. That's that's college football for you. NCAA, it's all rigged. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a rigged game. Uh, college football needs a needs a Bernie Sanders. Is um is uh what's his face? Um, Mike Lee to see the Bernie Sanders of college football. Say that again. Is, is Mike Leach the uh, the Bernie Sanders of college football? Is he gonna is he gonna lead the masses in a rebellion against uh against the the corporate class of Alabama and Georgia? Yeah, Clemson. Why not? I don't know. I I think uh, I think I want Clemson to win it all again. I don't like Dabo, but I think it's really funny. Like when Clemson beats Alabama, and I don't like Georgia, so I I, I would be happy with Trevor Lawrence beating Alabama again. That would that would be fine with me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, John. That's where we're at. Uh, I, I definitely want to see Harbaugh lose, if that's a narrative. Yeah, I want to see Harbaugh and Michigan implode. It would be very, very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, what else is going on in sports, John? Astros are going to win the World Series. I don't know if you heard. Yeah, that'd be fun. It's going to... I think the Yankees, well, they get so much better starting pitching than the Yankees do. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers feel like the only team that could realistically beat them, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, that, the Astros, I think that's right. The Astros are heavy favorites. Heavy. I mean, it's. Yeah, I wonder actually what, they, what the future bets are. Let's see. World Series future odds. But, yeah, I think after um... – It's almost like the MLB playoffs are going to be kind of boring. It's how big of a favorite the Astros are on paper. Yeah, Astros are 2-1 to one right now. Um, Dodgers are 5-2. to two. Yankees are 6-1. to one. Braves 10-1. to one. Cubs 16-1. to one. Indians 16-1. to one. Twins 18-1. to one. Then it kind of drops off after that. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, living in Houston, it's not boring. You know, it's nice to to have a good team. I think everybody's happy about that. But uh, yeah, I don't know what the what the. I mean, I think the Braves have been a fun storyline this season. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at these teams at the top, nothing really super exciting. Like, I think the the more exciting teams are are further down and have been up and down. But I mean, the Astros are like they're like the good guy team, right? Like that's like their reputation is like a bunch of like nice. So I guess that's a feel good story. But I don't know. I I, can, I feel like I could never get excited for the Dodgers to win anything. So I'm happy cheering for the Astros. Yeah. How was it? You went to uh, you you went to Red Sox Yankees, right? Yeah, we had a some my past. Let's see, three weekends. Yep. Uh, July twenty seventh, Saturday. McDermott was up here for the weekend. We uh, we were definitely wild boys in Boston, to say the least. Uh, four o'clock Yankees, Red Sox. We got smashed. It was it was a hell of a lot of fun. We uh sat next to a ten uh, year old shortstop who uh, we okay. uh. McDermott uh, went in with halvesies on him for the Red Sox to win the game, and at the end of the game, McDermott turned around and handed him fifty bucks because he put back. Uh, but we told our uh, buddy Timmy, we said if you play college baseball, you have to go to Ole Miss. So if uh, Timmy from Boston's our shortstop here in about eight years, then McDermott and I officially recruited him. That would be pretty cool. And you paid him fifty dollars in a illegal recruiting inducements. <laughs> Paying fifty bucks was a portion of the winnings. Yeah, fair enough. No, that's funny. Uh, well, that sounds like fun for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, good luck to Timmy. You just better hope there's not a Kessinger ahead of him, you know, because he's gonna ride the bench. 
saying, hey, our guy got drafted second round this yeah. past but he needs to come here. He yeah, yeah. Did, did, did he look like uh, – did he have a good frame? You think he could he could bulk up into a college baseball player? He's old. He's got some ways to go. All right. Yeah, I mean, he's 10. He's got time. He's, he can start juicing now, and he'll be he'll be well on his way. Um, well, that's fun. Yeah, let's see. what I, You went to uh, – did you go to any games in Denver or no? Uh, we went to Rockies on Sunday. So next the next weekend was – That's they, probably Denver. Who they host? They played the Giants. Ooh. We were this, this was more get in and go to the upper deck bar and Yeah, no, I love that stadium. That's that's one of the my favorite stadiums I've been to. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's a good it's a neat setup. You it's got definitely... the, you got the mountains and the, the outfield there is real nice. That's fun. Yeah. yeah that's we fun. were in Denver two nights and then we went out to Breckenridge one night as our uh, mountain excursion. Oh, so. you, you what's what is there to do in the can you ski in the summer? What's Breckenridge like right now? Uh, there's enough people that are there in the summer to be outside up in the mountains. You can go. I mean, actually, there was about five bachelor, bachelor, bachelorette parties out at the main club. Wow. In so this is definitely a destination for hmm. that type of stuff. All right. I mean, this past weekend, the family got together at a lake outside Nashville. That was kind of a nice, more relaxing hmm. gap to it. To well, you've had a up. you've had a nice little summer here. A little end of the summer few weeks we're, and then we're going to be between 75 and 80 the rest of the uh, next 10 days or so up here so mm, that must be nice it's about 105 when i when i leave work yeah, so while you're melting your ass off in uh, muggy houston well i mean it's uh i gotta wear a jacket in the office you know it's it's cold as hell most of the time everywhere you're inside but yeah when you have to go outside from your door to your car I, i'd say i'm most concerned about uh my my cilantro my basil out on the balcony, just just they're they're suffering. It's not a good scene out there. Yeah, absolute carnage. Uh, yeah, let's see. I, it's been since we last talked. Uh, John and Beth visited. Uh, me and John. John took me to my first real soccer game. Went and saw Real Madrid, Bayern Munich at, at NRG. About sixty thousand fans. Um, oh, it was real fun. I mean, it, it, it's an exhibition game, right? So. The rosters are—they aren't trying their hardest, but it was fun. They saw like four goals. Um, Bayern played some of their their good players the whole time. Real uh, Madrid pretty much pulled everybody um, around halftime, but it was it was fun for sure. I mean, uh, we live on the red line, so we can just take a train straight down to NRG, no parking or anything. It's pretty nice. I think John, uh, I think John and Beth enjoy their time in Houston, and then. Last weekend, down in Mexico for a wedding at a resort. That was very fun. Um, back in Cancun, where Angie and I got engaged back in April. So, enjoyed our time for sure. Um, not a ton else planned. Uh, let's see, the opening weekend for football, we got my sister, Ray Margaret, and my brother-in-law, Jamie, coming to visit. So, I'm excited for that. Just uh, just working in the in the interim. Um, it's been it's been a good summer here in Houston. I I really need to get to another Astros game. Um, only been to two since we moved here, I think. Uh, but the tickets are only getting more expensive, man. I think the tickets for Grinky's first start were like insane. Uh, and then um, the funny thing was that we were in Mexico. Angie's brother was here. He stayed in our apartment with his friend. And they're doing uh they're doing like trying to go to all thirty stadiums before they turn thirty, which is pretty badass. Um mm-hmm. pretty pretty cool endeavor. So they went to uh you know, they they just go to any game, whatever, you just gotta check it off the list, right? So they're at Minute Maid 
uh, and they see a combined no hitter. I'm in Mexico. I'm like, I mean, I'm in Mexico, but I'm still jealous. That's insane. The, the luck just to happen to see a, a, an Astros no hitter. So that's exciting. Um, yeah, it's been a good summer though. A good summer of not doing this podcast. Yeah, it's been a good break. Well, I'm looking forward to football season coming up. You have a, I mean, we got, it'll be interesting opening weekend. Ole Miss has got a decent start to schedule. Yeah. I mean, it's not, at least NFL, there's some minimal games. NFL is always interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask if you've seen it. I started watching last night uh, on YouTube. I was watching Hard Knocks, Raiders this year. There's some really interesting storylines over at the Raiders. Uh, Anthony Antonio Brown, I should say, obviously. Um, that's a one of the biggest storylines in the NFL. Um, changing teams. And then I was saying, you know, Jonathan Abram, Juco guy that played at State, first-round pick, he's on the Raiders. And uh, watching that show really makes me makes me like him. He seems like a pretty pretty funny guy. Um, I definitely, I mean, it's hard knocks is always good, but, uh, it's, it's getting me a little excited for NFL. Um, I, you know, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. Go to a Texans game. Maybe I, I like NRG stadium. That was my first time there when I was with John. It was, uh, it's, it's nothing special, but it's, it's nice. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's modern and all that. So, and like I said, it's, it's, it's hard to turn down being able to, to walk a block and get on the train and ride 10 stops you know that's 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 a lot better than having to go park somewhere yeah um yeah no it'll be fun it'll, it'll be good uh you know and then next week i assume we'll have to talk about you know the devastating season ending injury that happens during this week of camp and derails old miss's season it's a tradition you think that's gonna happen nah i don't know it's it's it, I feel like that that was more likely to happen back when Ole Miss actually had a bunch of players that people were excited about. You know, it seems now like, ah, uh, it's fine. There's there's not enough, like, talent on the team to worry that much about it, right? I'm sure we'll be fine. If Corral stays healthy, this team is going to be at least fine. They'll be fine. It, it'll be interesting enough to follow. Yeah, so one last note before we wrap for the week. I think we're about to have to talk about it. In the same note, did you see um, – what Austin sent a couple of days ago about a interesting piece from action network about teams that perform very poorly against the spread and how they played in subsequent years. Pretty interesting. Basically if you're going off of trends from the past, you would expect Ole Miss to be significantly better this year, at least against the spread. Cause they were the worst team in the sec last year. One of the worst in the country. I think they were like three and nine against the spread. Uh, well, if it was, so historically, that those teams bounce back, and also obviously the spread adjusts. But um, I thought that was an interesting piece when it comes to like trends. From a coaching staff standpoint, they've upgraded that much. From a personnel standpoint, yeah, they've lost a lot. But the defense, the defense on paper is better. The offense on paper is worse. The coaching is better. So you know, who knows? I think. Well, I, I think I think we'll know a lot uh, in in a month. I mean, I, I think after the first two, because yes, there are winnable games on the schedule, but if you lose those first two, it starts getting really hard to get to six. Yeah. First six games are interesting. Sands, Alabama. I think the first six games you'll well you'll have you'll know for sure. I think if they're going to be a bowl team. Um, yeah. it, here's an interesting question: they, they go three and three in the first six. What are the three losses? It really, yeah. it really feels like two and four or four and two and better. 
it's a it's a it's a, it's a very swingy schedule. Three and three would almost be a little strange with the schedule. I mean, five and one's not impossible. Not impossible, but it has to start with two and zero. Oh. Without two and zero, oh, they're not getting to six and six. They're definitely not getting to five and one. Well, obviously not getting to five and one, but without without two and zero, oh, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to do very much the season overall. Like they'll if if they go zero oh and two, they're gonna they're gonna struggle to get past four wins. Because if you lose those first two, you're looking at Mexico, New Mexico State, and Sela for sure. Maybe Cal, you know, maybe Vandy, maybe Missouri. That's about it. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 a very important start of the schedule for uh, for this Ole Miss team. So that's good. at least we're not gonna have to wait long to figure out you know exactly what their ceiling is, um, or conversely their floor. So yeah, that's that's where we'll, uh, that's where we'll leave it this week, John. No, no need to belabor the point. Um, we've already talked like twice as long as we did last time we spoke, which was like a month ago. So uh, we're we're trending up. Hopefully, just like Ole Miss is going to be this season. And maybe maybe next week we'll uh, we'll have some more storylines to discuss. Um, who knows? Again, I, it's it feels like a pretty quiet pretty quiet college football off season. So I don't. Do know. you feel more or less excited for this season by virtue of the fact you're living in Houston? Does the city? Do you kind of notice any hmm. difference since you're in a larger? I think. Prob- I mean, I think probably less, but it's also hard because. I think from a team standpoint, I'm much more interested in this season than last season. Like I was last season, it was really just like AJ Brown and DK Metcalf are like, I want to watch them a little bit, but that's, that was about it. Like there was nothing to get excited about on that coaching staff or that team. Like just, just that, the, the fact that Longo and McGriff are gone and then you replaced them with more interesting coordinators. And then on top of that, the fact that Bjork is gone is nice and kind of a fresh start there. University still has no chancellor. Um, you know, been a very shameful summer when it comes to Ole Miss's national perspective. It's a it's a mixed bag, but I think from living in a bigger city, it's definitely college football seems less important. But we'll see when the season gets here. There's a ton of A&M fans here, a ton of obnoxious Texas fans. Um, so it, it depends how those seasons go as well, I think. But I am interested to see what uh, what Houston's like from football season. And the Texans are always shit, so you know it'll be interesting to see how, how much they take to. I think the city's gonna be pretty focused on uh, on the Astros for the next couple of months, but we'll see. Yeah, gotcha. Good yeah. deal. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it, John. Uh, all the normal stuff here at the end of the show, I guess. If you like the show, you know you can. Give us a rating on iTunes. Check out uh, armchairallamericans.com. Our sponsors are here at the top of the show. All that stuff. Um, But for now, uh, we'll leave it there. John, thank you for John. I'm Justin. Thanks for listening. And uh, I I think we actually will probably talk to you again next week. So tune in.
One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.